everybody, it's Riley. I just wanted to give a heads up that we did have some technical difficulties this episode, so if there's any change in audio quality or choppiness at any point, that is why I edited it to the best of my ability, although I'm certainly not perfect. But I still think the content of this episode is really awesome and definitely worth a listen. So with that, let's just get into it. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to Tag Team, featuring my good friend, J.W. Crewall, which is what I would say if J.W. is here today. He's actually in Miami this week, so instead, I brought on a new guest, actually a local player from Columbus, Ohio, Chester Wakefield, who unfortunately does not exist. So instead, I reached out to my good friend, Aaron Palmer, who will be joining us this week. Aaron, how are you doing? I am doing great. How are you doing, Riley? You know what? Every day is the best day of your life if you want it to be, and I'm having a good day today. So. <laughs> I'm having a good day since you made a Chester reference. Yeah, yeah. Chester's really been making waves on social media. I've actually made several <laughs> of my group chats display their Twitter accounts to make sure they're not Chester. I'm auditing <laughs> the Chester. <laughs> That's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. So... We're coming off hot off of Knoxville Regionals. You were obviously featured as a commentator there. Awesome work. I'm sure all of our listeners and viewers were ecstatic to hear you out there. How was that weekend? How are you doing? What's the week aside from that been like? How are you feeling coming into this podcast? Absolutely insane. Oh, my gosh. Um, Never have I thought that I would ever be asked to commentate. It's not really something that I've ever say, shown interest in. Um, but, for example, the only experience with streaming that I have within like my own personal life is uh, the time that I streamed Club Penguin on <laughs> yeah. Twitch. Yeah, I remember <laughs> and that. So, oh, it was, it was amazing. I want to do that again soon. But my point being that it's just not really something I've ever like pursued or thought about. But Danny... Uh, oh, from DDG messaged me on Monday, the Monday before the event, and was like, hey, you know it would be fun for you in Knoxville? <laughs> and I was like, oh, don't worry. Like, I already told Dan G, like, if y'all needed help at the booth, and I dropped, <laughs> like, I'd be happy to help. Like, I, th- I genuinely thought that's what he was yeah, asking. Yeah, helping out at the like, DDG booth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I've done that in the past, and, like, I had, like I said, I had told Dan that I'd be down to do that, and, you know, whatever. But he was like, no, that's not what I'm asking. I was wondering if you wanted to be a commentator. And I, I had to be talked into it for sure. I am someone <laughs> who is very insecure. I don't really have a whole lot of experience with the game. And as I said, I, I didn't have any experience streaming or casting or anything like that. And so uh, I definitely had to have my friends talk me into it, but they did. Uh, Riley being one of them. Uh, sure. Giving me that encouragement, telling me that they would help me prepare, which everybody did. Oh my gosh, I'm so, so lucky to have the friends that I do that really sat down and talked to me about it because I was very nervous. And I refuse to go back and watch uh, <laughs> the the comments. Sure. I, I'm not really interested in hearing criticism from like random people not that not that it doesn't hold weight i'm sure that there are people that have that were in that chat that have criticism that is valid but i have so many you know like i'm good friends with kenny wisdom Mm -hmm. jeremy jalen like all these people that that literally do this all of the time yeah and so i'm really more interested to hear their criticism and if i ever choose to do it again i think but yeah i mean o- overall it was super fun like I, I i i disliked it at first just because it was scary but the more i 
got used to it, the more I was like, oh, this is just a fun conversation about Pokemon. Yeah, and I think that's a really good way to approach it. So for those of us who are listening or watching and don't know who you are coming into this, what is your background, Aaron? How did you stumble into this role? How have What is your history with Pokemon as a whole, as a player? What is, who is Aaron? So I am this random person that came out of nowhere, and I feel like a lot of people definitely feel that way or like kind of notice that. So I, when I was 21, my boyfriend and I at the time decided that we wanted to learn how to play Pokemon cards. He had had some experience with Yu-Gi-Oh! And we both really liked Pokemon and we were like, let's learn how to play. And so we (laughs) just, you know, we bought some theme decks, went to League and just started playing. And truthfully, at the time, it was kind of more of like a not serious thing for me. Yeah. And me and that person broke up. We're still totally cool. Like, he was in Knoxville. I I don't really know how he did, but uh, I saw him for a brief second, and we talked. But, uh, you know, no longer dating, but we both still play, which I think is cool. And uh, so I just kind of stumbled into it in adulthood, and I feel like that's kind of rare. I feel like a lot of people, like, they're like, yeah, I've been playing since I was 10, or, you know, whatever, but me and this guy, we just were like, yeah, we're going to learn how to play it at 21, 22. Yeah. And uh, so I've only been playing, I'm 23 now, I've only been playing for about two years. And I kind of became, and this sounds so vain, I promise it's not from a place of vanity, but I became kind of like well-known or like got actions through making memes on Twitter. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's literally, that's literally like not, I never, I've never really done well at an event i've just made jokes about the game and (laughs) that's kind of my background and started uh just kind of talking to more people through twitter and just eventually i don't know i don't know how it happened but here i am yeah that's super awesome it's funny the time you join is about the time that twitter started to uh to re-emerge in pokemon i started about it when I was uh, about 20 and I'm 24 now. Um, and Twitter was not a thing at first. It was mostly it. Burbank city was the only real group at the time. And then all of a sudden one day someone proposed, Hey, we should all go to Twitter and follow each other. And sure, sure enough, everybody started tweeting <laughs> and then, and then it, who knows people are making memes and eventually commentate regionals now. Yeah. I, that's, that's exactly how it happened. Um, which is, is crazy. It's insane. I spent a lot of time it actually like not to get all sappy or anything but it actually means a lot to me because I spent a lot of time in a friend group back in 2015 through like 2017 that would often tell me that I'm not funny like all <laughs> the time and to kind of stumble into this community where people where I'm like known for being funny is insane to me like it's so busted <laughs> that does sound very busted and you have a very cool uh, pokeball mug by the way oh thank you thank you i'm sorry i'm drinking tea uh as a lot of uh, people noticed uh both chip and i were sick this weekend like coming down from from colds me much less so than chip i i hope he's doing well i know he said <laughs> he took yesterday off to heal but uh i'm still coughing this is the longest a cough has been with me and so yeah i just needed some tea 
but yeah. I figured I'd be on brand. <laughs> oh, for sure. And I'm sure that commentating was really helpful for that ailment. That you're oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I came back worse. Oh, it's, it's bad. You probably did, right? Like that's a lot of stress on the, uh, <laughs> I don't know, the vocal cavity, I guess you could say. <laughs> I talked too much to begin with, so it's probably about the same. Sure. <laughs> sure. So, Obviously, Knoxville happened. You were watching from the commentator's desk. You could see kind of a bird's eye view of how the regional was unfolding. I mean, I think at a high level, people were pretty prepared for how Knoxville ended up turning out. And you can listen to our previous two episodes, and JW and I basically said that Pikaram or Mewtwo would win the tournament. Uh, JW being a Pikaram fan and me being a Mewtwo fan. And sure enough, the finals was Pikaram versus Mewtwo. So JW had a little grudge match going on where I was really rooting for Danny and JW really wanted Pico to win to prove me wrong. So um, I don't think anything really crazy unexpected happened. When you were at the commentator's desk, though, did did you see or watching at a high level, maybe walking around the room, do you see anything that just totally blew your mind or a strategy that you thought was really interesting? I think just being so invested in each game. Because, yeah, I do watch Pokemon streams, and, yeah, I do play. But, you know example i'm sure most people one of my best friends and i've never actually really watched him play pokemon other than like just glancing at a stream that he was on and to like see those people like azul and danny and um trying to think of uh, somebody else uh, jimmy uh just all, all of these like i guess bigger names in pokemon these people that have a lot of accomplishments under their belt yeah to me, the weekend was nothing but what you're saying. Just these, like, I, I things that I would have never thought to do in terms of, like, sequencing. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a good specific example. Um, I, I'll have to come back to it. But there was one moment that, like, a spe- like Chip especially pointed out uh, while we were casting where he said, this is, like, a really smart move because of this. And I'll have to come back to it. But it was something that I remember thinking I would have never thought to do that. And so just kind of being able to be in that front seat, so to speak. And, of course, a lot of it was not only the players, but my co-casters like Scott and Chip and Raul and Sierra that were pointing out specific things about the game that I I, I wouldn't have <laughs> caught. Totally. And maybe that's just like my lack of experience. Uh, but as far as like interesting do you mean like decks sure like decks, decks or, that I saw? or takes maybe cards inclusions that you thought were particularly interesting what was something that surprised you in knoxville i guess i did not expect and maybe this is my own ignorance but i did not expect uh hoopa from unified minds to be so played yeah and i, I guess maybe that's like my own common sense out of the window but just something that I noticed, it's just such a busted tech. Yeah, it has a lot of utility and certainly a couple different matchups. I know that's, that's probably like such a boring take. I feel like people no. are expecting something more interesting. But that's the thing about this regional is like there wasn't a, a whole lot of like crazy stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, I think the craziness kind of, as far as it extended, would probably be the, the Blacephalon Pidgey deck. Oh, yeah, yeah, and the Fossils deck. The Fossil deck, and I don't know if Ross was ever streamed, but he has his own take on Dark Box that's particularly 
Uh, no, they wanted us to put Ross on stream. Uh, a lot of people were asking for it, of course, because they like wanted to see Dark Box. Um, it's just something different. And I mean, there was one point where we streamed Pidgey like I think twice in a row, or Pidgeotto <laughs> yeah. twice in a row, and people definitely were. I mean, I wouldn't want to watch that. I didn't want to watch that, and I had to cast it. <laughs> but uh, the we really wanted to put Ross on stream. I just think it, it just didn't work with what was going on. Um, cause I, as I'm sure, you know, you have casting experience, you want to stream those, uh, matches that are more storied and, uh, interesting to like the mass. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, those are, those are definitely like super unconventional. Like, I, I don't think I expected to cast, uh, fossils the entire, <laughs> uh, the entire event. And so of course, like. I've played cups where my opponent has played fossils, but specifically um, his list was a lot different than the standard fossil list. And so we were like scrambling at the last minute <laughs> on like Pokemon cards and limitless and, you know, just various resources to research those cards up and, and like understand what, because like, of course I had studied all of the other, like, you know, me, Elmar and everything and like any possible card that could be played in that deck. That was one thing I did a lot of preparation in anticipation for the event mm -hmm. but uh fossils was not a deck that i studied at all <laughs> i don't think i can blame you i mean i think yoshi was the person who played fossils on stream i don't know if it was streamed a second mm -hmm. time um, it was yoshi yeah and certainly even among popular decks yoshi always has an interesting twist or a take yeah. that he will apply to them so i yeah. can totally understand if you were thrown <laughs> for a loop <laughs> absolutely yeah and uh, just another interesting thing, like, I pointed this out, I think, while we were casting, but I don't know if everybody had a chance to, like, uh, watch the stream. But something I think is really interesting is the that whole, like, DDG testing group. We call them the DDG testing group, but, you know, like, Jimmy's on full grip, and yeah. uh, Pram is on that new team. and He's also on what? full grip, actually. Oh, he's on, oh, wait, he's on full grip. What yeah. am I saying? Yeah. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Sorry. There was a lot of change, and I, quite frankly, I was not paying attention. Yeah, and uh, ARG kind of exploded busy. overnight. I was way too busy trying to study Pokemon cards so that I didn't <laughs> look like a dummy. But, um, yeah, you know, Pram's on full grip now, and, um, yeah, a couple other people aren't necessarily on DDG, but we call them the DDG testing group. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, so that whole group, they decided to play Mew, but they all played, like, different lists, which is, like, kind of unconventional. And I feel like a lot of people have their eyes on those players because, you know, obviously Danny won the event. Azul won the, the week before, or the the previous regional, rather. Um, and I just thought that was really interesting. So, like, Danny tech or Danny did not tech for Guardian, yeah. but, like, Jimmy did. And I thought that was, like, really interesting uh to know that obviously like there are different components that go into someone's record at an event like the matchups they hit and all of that and i think like danny definitely got lucky in a sense that he didn't have to really deal with that but i just think that's really <laughs> i thought that was really interesting like uh that something so small could make such a big difference totally i mean this is something jw and i harp on all the time is what is the the balance between playing to consistently do well and playing to win the event versus so like Pikaram is a deck that you can pick up and you can confidently say like I will get points to this regional if I'm playing Pikaram right like 
you can get five wins playing Pikaram. I hope. <laughs> you know, like if you if you can't, something maybe went wrong, or you know, there's maybe a glitch in your internal matrix, and you just weren't able to get there. Um, on the flip side, like a Mewtwo deck, you you can build it to beat everything, kind of like Jimmy, and that worked well for him. Jimmy still finished in the top 32. That's an excellent performance that's not to say <laughs> oh no yeah i hope that didn't come off that no, way I'm just no no like, i'm just clarifying like, my own yeah. personal <laughs> as i go through this um whereas danny didn't didn't respect guardy basically he said i'm not going to hit a gardevoir and it worked out for him he basically did not hit a gardevoir he passed all the way through hit his only loss being uh the one on stream actually in like round two um yeah I and it was really that one. it was really funny because danny uh, came to a group chat that I was in after losing, and it was a pretty bad loss, not gonna lie. And he's like, "This deck sucks. Like Mewtwo is horrible. How could we ever play this?" <laughs> and he was having some doubts about the deck in the first place. So imagine like being round two on stream, getting bodied, and <laughs> and like, man, everything that I was rough. afraid of is coming to fruition in front of me. This deck is horrible. Um, but sure enough, Danny would end up winning so many games in a row after that and ended up winning yeah. the whole tournament. So yeah, I uh, think... Yeah. Sorry, I didn't oh, interrupt. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I'll go. Um, I, I think you bring up a good point. Is like, what is the balance between being respectful with your techs versus um, maybe saying that I'm going to high roll this event and not hit the matchups? Uh, I think if you're going in to win the event, you kind of wanted to say you're going to high roll it because if you're going to win, yeah. you're probably going to be lucky anyway is usually the logic I like to say. But I know I'm I'm really guilty of overtacking. I don't know about you. Um, I don't build my own list, so <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there we go. <laughs> I I'm not quite, and it's not like I'm just not quite at that level. Um, and so my thing is like I net deck and I play, and sometimes I make my own changes, but really I just kind of talk about my problems with the deck. And like I like I said, I'm really lucky to have so many friends that you know are really good at this game that are like, yeah, no, you should do that. Um, but I'm not quite at the level to be like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my own thoughts into it. I don't know. Maybe that, that probably makes me sound really dumb, but <laughs> no, I actually, <laughs> honest. I actually think that's actually a good mentality to have. Right. Um, I think sometimes people stigmatize the idea of taking someone else's work and they want to be able to put in their own work and make their own deck <laughs> and that's fine. Um, it's good practice, of course, to build your own decks and like work with them. But, I mean, in my experience, like, I think I'm perfectly fine at building decks, but sometimes I'll be at a league cup and I'm just like, oh, net deck top eight from this regional. <laughs> and, and you know what? That works pretty well for me, too. So uh, I, I have net no decking qualms. Net decking is amazing. Net decking is filthy. It is very broken. And I would highly recommend I'm so recommend glad it. I didn't have to play Pokemon in an era where that was not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. It definitely got a lot easier uh, in the modern era as opposed to even just like six years ago it would have been very difficult to net deck as efficiently as we can now <laughs> yeah Shout out to limitless. oh limitless is amazing uh yeah no danny danny calling me trash is pretty funny i made a meme about that too um because before atlantic city we talked and he was like yeah i think i'm playing you and then he got there and played pikarama obviously still did really well in atlantic city got top eight but um 
it's just kind of interesting that he changed his mind. So, like, you know, he was so excited to play Mew before Atlantic City and, like, totally changed his mind. Still called the deck trash long after. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think that uh, it's pretty interesting that he just kind of full sent it and was like, yeah, I'm going to not tech for anything and just go for it. And he won. Yeah. It's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. Definitely an awesome showing. Congrats to Daniel Altavilla for an awesome regional championship. And as well, huge congrats to all the people who finished in top eight. Uh, really fantastically stacked top eight at that tournament. I don't think I've ever seen quite the uh, the the level of player to that degree. So really awesome event. Uh, looks like we're having some connection difficulties. But in the meantime, uh, something I wanted to talk about was uh, the commentary process and what that is like uh, I have not commentated at the regional level I've commentated only at a more local level uh, some full grip events the league cups the MBO um, so while Aaron is getting situated I'll reach into that a little bit so to me I think commentating is actually really fun uh, maybe even more fun than playing sometimes I don't it's like hard for me to balance the idea of whether I want to play or want to commentate and I think for me, the thing that keeps me playing is just the fact that I, I love beating people. <laughs> um, that's like the only thing barring me from just being full-time commentator. Um, let me text Aaron back real quick. But then on the flip side, um, you know, commentating is so fulfilling. It's really, really cool. And you get to view the game from a different lens, right? When you're playing, you have to think of it in a certain way. All your plays are calculated. Um, and, but it's also really easy to miss stuff, in my opinion. Uh, whereas when you're commentating, you see stuff at this bird's eye view. Um, and you are kind of getting an overlook as to how a game is progressing on a high level. You get an idea of both players' hands. And that's really fun to me uh, incredibly so so I don't know what the what the right balance is I'm trying to figure it out myself as to whether or not um, commentating or playing is more fun or what I want to pursue long term <laughs> JW brings up an interesting point in chat though I totally agree though there's no cons consequences uh, for misplaying at least when you're commentating you can kind of you can give a wrong opinion, but usually there'll be a co-caster to like bring you back. Um, but I'm curious what made it enjoyable or maybe not enjoyable for you. And if you could go back, would you do it again? All sort whatever takes you have, now's the time to lay them. So my favorite part about it was just being part of that process of, you know, typically I'm the one uh, sitting at home watching the stream because I don't really go to a whole lot of regionals. I don't go to every single regional. And I'm always so impressed with the quality and care that goes into each stream. Yeah. And being part of that process and being behind the scenes was so cool. And being part of the process of picking really good matches that people wanted to watch was really cool as well. Because... It's really just such an opportunity for 
not only people at home, but people watching the event to experience the game and really have that perspective like you were talking about being able to see both players hands being able to see the board state in its entirety instead of like just walking behind i think before so i had off round one and on day one we only had three people casting and there were of course if you can't tell a lot of changes made to the stream and the production very last minute Mm -hmm. and to, to nobody's fault it's honestly just life it happens and as a result there were only three of us and we didn't really have anybody running things for us and so we basically did everything ourselves and I think my least favorite part was just round one having round one off and walking around like making iPhone notes on like what everyone was playing (laughs) (laughs) and and being like okay this person I know this person's name they're playing this yeah this person and you know of course like I knew what what my friends were playing so that was easy but like walking around and just like standing behind i think there was a moment where i was standing behind alex shemansky and i wasn't sure what he was playing so i like lingered lingered for a moment and he like looked behind him and i definitely feel like i was weirding him out just like standing behind him i felt like i was (laughs) so in the way and uh so that was definitely just like awkward and stressful and then going into the first round that i casted I'm so not proud. If anyone is my friend, they will never watch that. <laughs> uh, it was the uh, game where uh, the only game that Danny lost on stream. And it was cool because I got to like cast my friend. Yeah. And so that was like a little bit more comfortable for me, but I was still sort of awkward and not really sure what to say. And then throughout the event, I kind of learned, oh, I can give cute little anecdotes about players and not have to be so rigid. Right. And so just to kind of conclude, I guess, the negative part, so to speak, of it, I think the biggest thing for me was just being afraid to say the wrong thing and mess up. And so I left a lot of dead air. And the more dead air I left, the more I was like, I'm not talking. I need to say something. But then I was like, I don't want to say something that like is incorrect or sounds dumb. And so I think that was much easier when I was casting with like, say, Chip, who is just a god. He's just a god at casting. Like he's so good at providing commentary. So good at providing commentary. Not that like, of course, like Scott and my other co-casters weren't, but Chip is just like on a whole nother level. Like he's really good at filling that dead space and keeping the conversation going. Totally. And my role certainly for the weekend was color commentary. I was not going in there to do like in-depth analysis about strategy and what (laughs) each player was doing, but it was very anxiety inducing just being there and being like, I don't want to say something that's incorrect that either spreads misinformation. I am a librarian. That's like the last thing I want to do is spread misinformation. And then also uh, look stupid or make the stream look bad. And so kind of getting over that hump, so to speak, was the hardest part. But the most fun part was being part of that process to, like, bring that, bring the event home to other people and just have a like a cool conversation about Pokemon. Like, once I started to really let go and get into it, it became not necessarily easier, but more enjoyable. And I had a lot of fun and I looked forward to each round after that, that I was like, I got to 
I got to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really fulfilling take. So you mentioned kind of the nerves and some of the stuff that goes into that. Obviously you're presenting on a fairly large stage for a fairly large audience as well. What is, if you could go back in time and give advice to yourself, or if you could look to someone who's up and coming in the future and who's nervous and you wanted to prepare them, what's something that you would say to either yourself or that person to kind of amp them up, give them the, the vibes that they need to go into a situation like that? I would just say, you know how to play Pokemon and remember that. And then one thing that I, I wish that I was thinking of, and it's just when you get up there and you're, you know, you're concerned, like you have the two things, right? You don't want to say something wrong or stupid and you want to fill as much dead air as possible and keep the conversation going. And the last thing you're thinking of is your typical like public speaking tips, <laughs> Yeah, which is don't say, um, don't like, and there's, there's one that is just like unwatchable to me that uh, one round that I did with Chip that was just so bad. And I feel so like, I, I'm sure that most people didn't even notice, but it was just so bad. And I wish that, cause I, I know not to do that. I, you know, I have experience with podcasting and everything like that. Right. And I know not to say, um, I know not to say, uh, but just in the moment when you're, when you're up there and you're trying to do things and you're trying to make sure that you're being entertaining and all of that, that's like the last thing that is on your mind, but I wish that it wasn't. And so those are the two things I would say, say, you know, you know how to play Pokemon, you know, most of these matchups don't feel the pressure of you know comparing yourself to other players that might know them better and might have better takes and then also just remember your your classic public speaking tips <laughs> yeah i am personally very guilty of the occasional um to say the least i know when i listen back at least onto the podcast i'm like really <laughs> are you for real right now <laughs> it, it irritates me for sure everyone's guilty of it though and i think it's it's yeah. louder to you than it is to the random person who's listening out right and i probably honestly in retrospect should not be pointing out all of these things that <laughs> i did wrong because i know everybody after they watch this is going to go straight to that round two uh, stream <laughs> and they're going to go straight to any of the ones i've done with chip just to like see how bad it is and it is pretty <laughs> bad so i'm sorry i ruined that for anyone who wants to go back and watch those no, I don't think you ruined anyone's experience. Don't be too harsh yourself. <laughs> Thank you, Danny and Brady, as well, for the support with your bits and your subscription in Twitch. I really appreciate that, guys. And I also got an emote from Danny from his bits, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how that whole thing works right now. Twitch is just like... I don't oh, know anything about that. We got a raid honestly. as well from Dusty Lockett. This is like snowballing way too much. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you gave your perspective on what you would tell someone who wants to get into commentating. Then, I guess from there, let's say you met someone experienced and you wanted to get more involved or you wanted to get more experience yourself. How would you continue to hone that craft? Would you, is there a way that you would practice going forward if you wanted to get, continue to get better at commentating or what's ways have you practiced already? And how would you recommend developing those skills? So the first thing I think is just a classic PTCGO Twitch stream. 
I think that that is something, one of Sierra's huge strengths is just the fact that, you know, going into, because they ended up joining us, uh, I say they, uh, as in Sierra and Rahul joined the team on day two. And that's one thing, you know, she has a whole lot of experience with is just playing and talking to people while she's playing and getting used to that. Number one, you're practicing multitasking. And so you're streaming and you're doing other things and playing the game. And and you're also honestly working on being entertaining as well. And so if I wanted to continue honing that craft, I would definitely start doing my own personal individual streams for sure. It's just the easiest way to get that practice in. And uh, I guess the second way, if you're, if you're lucky enough, but you, I mean, you make, you can make your own luck on this one is like locals, right? There are so many local shops, like I know full grip and uh, some, uh, I don't know if you say, but Mark Daly, uh, he does his own like local streams and they're like super high quality. And, so just kind of getting used to those environments as well or finding those environments where you can, you know, sit down and be like, hey, Mark, can I join you for a game uh, and cast with you? And I feel like most of those people would be like, yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's so many people that's becoming an increasing trend. And it's definitely doable. Like if you're interested in doing it at your locals, like I know, I guarantee you if I went to my local shop right now and I was like, hey, can I start streaming games here? They'd be like, yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good publicity for the store, if nothing else, to get their. Yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. To get their games streamed. It uh, sounds like Creamy Lad is Mark Daly backwards. So, fun fact. Oh! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty next level. So, is it. I don't know. I, that's what I say. I must say because that sounds right. <laughs> But actually, we're going to have to cut that out because the competitors can't be in the podcast. <laughs> I'm, oh, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we can't have oh, any me- oh, mention of any competitors oh, gotcha, have to gotcha. have to be nixed. So can't lose, oh, the, gotcha. can't lose the brand loyalty. Gotcha. By the way, Shop Full Grip Games. Uh, Shop Full Grip Games. Shop Full Grip Games. Shop Full Grip Games. <laughs> so. <laughs> Sean, I'm expecting a check in the mail for that, by the way. So that's kind of an interest. That's a lot of interesting takes on commentary. I think you have a really nuanced view of it, and if, just in general, I want to say that I think your perspective on commentary, commentary, sorry, what was that? Was particularly interesting. <laughs> I think you did a really good job as well of being inclusive to newer players who might be watching for the first time, uh, and making sure they have a good perspective of what's going on in the game. I noticed multiple times over the course of the both days that you would say things to make sure people who weren't as familiar with the competitive scene were clued in as to what was going on. So I think that's also a really important thing to, especially at a regional level where there's high viewership to include. So uh, pretty, there's pretty so awesome many, that you're cognizant of that. There's so many basic things that I feel like get skipped over. Like, um, for example, there is one game, and I don't quite remember which one it was, where uh, the person who was in the lead or the person who won game one was not in the lead game two, but game one had gone on so long. And of course you have that condition where if the, if one person won game one and there was no resolution to game two, obviously the person who won game one wins, but I feel like the average player like wouldn't know that. And so that was definitely one of my goals going into the weekend was just like pointing out. And it might've seemed obvious to a lot of people that, we're more experienced watching the chat, but that was something that was really important to me 
because as someone who is a newer player and someone who thinks that our game should be super inclusive and encouraging to new players, uh, there's so much, I don't want to say animosity, but there's a lot of bad behavior, I would say, when it comes to new players. Like, you'll see someone that posts in one of the Facebook groups and they're like, hey, I'm new. And they have, yeah, I guess, like a basic question or something that is, you know, had been asked prior to that post but they are a new player and we should definitely like welcome them and treat them treat them well and that's just my own like personal philosophy for sure and i think i think we should treat players well and i think that things like streams and you know videos events whatever is how people get introduced in the game one of my my first ever sanctioned event was a regional championship and i think that's not an uncommon reality for a lot of people awesome so i think that's a that's a pretty hefty hefty i guess suite of content that you can view on commentary now so i think we can transition into kind of our next set of ideas and i think we can keep this particular one brief but i'm interested this format's kind of dying it's on the way out um we don't have to talk a lot about the format itself i don't know if there's a deck that you would play if you had locals you can feel free to shout that out but what would you do with this time frame right at the end of every format we have a couple weeks where there's like nothing really going on uh cups are basically off for the most part there might be some challenges here and there do you prepare for the next regionals do you get ready for that immediately do you just grind it out in this format with your friends on tcgo um do you just switch to a different format entirely do you cube what's what's the best way to take advantage of this time as a lover of pokemon i just i so i love weekly tournaments like even ones that aren't sanctioned i think those like are are just so cool because people just play whatever like it's so wild (laughs) i spent a lot of time so for those of you don't know i live in mississippi right now um not originally from here uh trying to change that uh but it is currently my situation and we don't really have a whole lot of shops we don't have a lot of places to play and we especially don't have a lot of shops that are, um, you know, have cups. Right. We have a lot of shops that are just chilling, and like they <laughs> have, they have, they may have like a Pokemon League, but it's not one that holds sanctioned events. And so, last year, probably between like the beginning, like January until like winter of last year, I spent a lot of time in Starkville, Mississippi which uh, is where Mississippi State is. That's really its only relevance. Um, (laughs) But uh, I spent a lot of time there, and I would go to a shop that was about an hour away, and we would just play these weekly tournaments, and they weren't sanctioned or anything. But they were so much fun. And, like, I think that any time that you play, it makes you a better player. So even though this format is, like, dead, so to speak, or is about to change or you know you're going to events that aren't necessarily sanctioned because there's not a whole lot of cups during this time period i think that still like continuing to play but also being in an environment not just on tcgo but like with other players and other people i think is is really good for anybody and i mean if you don't enjoy going to pokemon tournaments i don't know why you play pokemon uh even if they're even if you're not getting points or anything like that um, 
I, I like I just enjoy playing. I don't yeah. care like win or lose. I, and maybe that's just like my attitude. But that's always how I've been. Like I, I usually like my typical move is like three four at a regional, <laughs> and then I like drop and I just go have fun with my friends. And whether that happens or I day two or anything crazy like that, I still make the best of the situation and have fun. And I think that even in this time period, like just continuing your hobby is the most important part whether you cube or go to random unsanctioned tournaments uh i I think is is a good use of time yeah i mean at the end of the day we're playing this game to have fun right i certainly hope you're not playing it just for the money (laughs) 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 because really there's better uses of your time if you're only trying to get money Uh, we all play this game because we love it i certainly love it and uh, you'll catch me playing all the time i mean when i was in college i just had a tablet and be playing tcg all day (laughs) (laughs) it was pretty crazy and maybe a little egregious if you ask my professors my personal take on dead formats is i like to kind of flex out in different ways i like to i like to play cubes i like to mess around on TCGO with like random expanded decks, even if it's not a relevant format. Um, or <laughs> my personal favorite actually is to just play control decks and get on the TCGO ladder. <laughs> That's I think, so I think it's broken. fun too. I find myself, it's such a black hole. Like you start it and then you just like continue it. And then all of a sudden it's like 2 AM and you're like, man, I am an adult who has to go to work tomorrow. Right. Uh, it just sucks you in. I, that's why that's my biggest difficulty. Uh, yeah, for getting sure. on TCGO. My my personal pet deck that I would just play the crap out of a while ago was it like a Zark hand lock deck and expanded, and it was just like it's like not that good. It was okay, it was okay, but it was like an elaborate combo, and it was just like trying to assemble that every single game. It was not like the delinquent Exodia thing. It was an Oranguru based deck, and it was really fun to try and assemble that against the clock <laughs> yeah so anyway looping back though to some real discussion <laughs> <coughs> excuse me i think there's two different directions we can we can go right now and you can you can let me know what you prefer i yeah. jw and i have talked a lot about getting the perspective of a female player and what that's like and um what the kind of like gender differences in experience is if you're willing to speak to that i think that would be an awesome take and i think that'd be really cool to include for people out there to listen to it's my favorite thing to talk about <laughs> <laughs> or at least i feel like a lot of people think it is um and it's just because i talk about it a lot because it is uh it is a thing i will preface it by saying that Ever since the EDI policy came out, I have personally seen a huge change. And I don't know really if that's just our community moving forward, if it has anything to do with the EDI policy, but I really haven't had like a hugely weird experience in Pokemon in a really long time. Yeah. Uh, which I think is great. I think that's amazing news. Of course, like, watch, I'm going to go to the next regional and it's going to be terrible. But, um, it's just it's been it's been a lot better although of course um a couple of weeks ago i posted the results of elite cup uh and half of cut were women which is like impressive amount yeah yeah uh, i i thought that was so cool i was one of them like it was a it was a big deal for me because i 
don't really, you know, like I said, I don't really have a whole lot of accomplishments under my belt. And so that was really cool for me. And the girl that won, because yes, a girl won. (laughs) And the girl that won, uh, it was her first League Cup win. It was her first time making cut. That might not be real. (laughs) I don't want to, I don't want to claim that if I don't know that. But she actually went on to win the very next cup that she played as well. Wow. Which is awesome. Her name is Amanda Dixon. She's definitely someone to look out for. Yeah, making waves. Yeah, making waves. And uh, just something that was really interesting. It was a league cup in Louisiana. uh, But Andrew and Natalie were there because they it was at a Pokemon convention that Mm -hmm. they were invited to attend. Super cool. Awesome weekend. Loved hanging out with them. But even Natalie was like, I've never, you know, she's been playing for so long. And she's like, I've never seen half of cut be women so it was so cool so anyway getting getting into that i posted the results in burbank and then of course you always have pretty much the same arguments which is just basically like uh why do we have to point it out like why can't they just be players and to that i say it's so important for either women that are starting off playing girls like young girls that have been playing and might feel discouraged because the girls start dropping off like flies after a certain point yeah and it's so important for them to see that i know for me and you know not to put natalie too much in the spotlight but for me seeing natalie make finals of collinsville was a huge deal yeah because for months i was the only girl at my league not not just like juniors and seniors. no I was the only girl and so to see that it was it was so cool and I will just just going back to that core belief that representation matters right and I think that though there are anomalies where people have really just obscenely weird experiences with guys in the game i know i've had them as well uh i think the most important thing that we need to focus on now is is that representation and really just of course gender has nothing to do with skill and that's very clear but when girls do see these big finishes we need to celebrate them and remark on what a what a huge accomplishment accomplishment it is not only for girls but the community as a whole totally yeah and i you know i've gotten super involved in those threads myself i'm not one to stay quiet when i get (laughs) bothered by something so i i totally agree with your perspective there and i don't want to attest too much to the the woman experience or like how that should be achieved but i think representation is hugely important I mean, I distinctly remember this interview I was listening to on the radio. It was the actress. Uh, I don't. I don't watch Orange Is the New Black, but she played a character on Orange Is the New Black, and she was saying, "Well, you know, I didn't think I could make it as an actor. I didn't think that was a real thing for me until I uh, went to this show." And she's a black woman, and I saw another person of color on the stage performing really well and she had a similar body type as me and she behaved similar to me and she told me that she went to Juilliard and I was like wow someone like me can go to Juilliard I should apply to Juilliard and she worked really hard went to Juilliard and ended up as a main role in Orange is New Black so um, 
representation does matter. It's important to see people like you succeeding and knowing that you're not alone out there. I mean, you know, as, as fun as it is to say that people are people or whatever, I mean, there are differences. And I think acknowledging yeah. them is important in some ways. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, if you consider just the fact that our world is about 50-50, give or take, women and men, yet you know, our community is such a small percentage of women. <laughs> yeah. And so like, does that not, like, does that not make you want to ask like why? And a lot of people are like, well, you know, they, they have all different kinds of reasons, but there have been many times where, I, like I said, I've had that experience, that really weird experience that made me so uncomfortable and made me think, is this like worth being here? Yeah. And whether that be, someone saying something you know sexist to me or someone saying something incredibly objectifying to me either of those experiences really are, are what turns you away and I so I mentioned a little bit about like how I got in the game and after me and the person I was talking about broke up I did take a little bit of a break understandably so and what got me back in the game was actually Kenny Wisdom's article on six prizes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I forget the title. A World of Wonder, I want to say. <laughs> you know what? I don't know off the top of my head, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to say it was A World of Wonder. It's a free article. It's still up on six prizes. Great read. Um, just encouraging people to do better. Mm-hmm. And I really don't see this topic as political. A lot of people want to say it is a political topic. I don't see it that way. And I think that it is just something that you just have to ask yourself, why wouldn't you want every single person within your community, within your hobby to feel comfortable and like they belong there? Absolutely. Absolutely. And if, you know, Pokemon likes to pride itself as being the nice community. And so why would we not want to extend that niceness to all sorts of people? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just been, I've seen a lot, like you said, I've only been playing for about two years, but I've seen a lot myself and there has been a lot of change, a lot of really positive change. In fact, and I'm not going to name drop this person, obviously, because that would just be inappropriate, but there's someone that really rubs me the wrong way. (laughs) Uh, As a person, I like, there was some, I was complaining about some sort of like thing that bordered on harassment that I was experiencing and this person told me to uh suck it up like basically suck it up and move on with my day and of course this is a a guy in a community very prominent member of the community and I was really upset by it like understandably so but if you give people the opportunity to grow and we have like these discussions where we kind of just lay it out and be like this is these are the issues I actually that person was in a huge defense in huge defense of uh the situation that happened with natalia mm-hmm. and uh really stuck up for her and helped lifted her voice on that matter and which i thought was huge and i thought to myself at first of course i had the selfish thought where i was like oh wow what a hypocrite <laughs> but then but then i took a step back and i was like wow like that is actually really cool to see like i'm seeing these people that used to maybe not care as much about this issue start to kind of come to their senses and say 
oh, wow, you know, I can actually help and improve this community that I'm in. And I actually hung out with the, the, that person this weekend for the first time. And they were so cool. And I, I think it's really cool to see our community changing and growing. Not that we don't still have a long way to go, because, of course, really awful things happen every day to women. Sure. Uh, and just in general, there's always going to be people that just don't uh, really get it. But uh, I love I love that. I, I love seeing people grow and change. Yeah, I absolutely do as well. So we've taken steps in the right direction. Pokemon has implemented a diversity and inclusion policy, which is great at an organizational level. What are the steps that we need to take as a community, as members of a community, to make sure that we're continuing to make progress in the right direction? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yes. Uh, Kind of as mentioned previously, lifting the voices of women, celebrating their accomplishments, uh, and not just women, but like other people in the community as well. Uh, I think that this conversation extends to just everyone in general, whether it be new players, uh, anything like that. Uh, Players that may not have the same resources that others do. And uh, but just in specifically in the context of women, lifting their voices, celebrating their accomplishments, and really allowing them to bask in all of these firsts. You know, the first woman to you know first woman to do this. Uh, Kaya was the first uh, female senior. I have to word this perfectly. Yes, she was the first senior. female in this in the senior division to win worlds. That's yeah. huge. We should celebrate that. That should be something that we should be pointing out. Right. I'm sure. a huge Kaya fan, so. <laughs> I love Kaya. I'm scared of her, honestly, <laughs> which is a great thing. Like, she's so, she's so good. Like, just such a, I hate to say a machine, because that sounds kind of, like, dehumanizing. But, you know, she's just so good at the game. And I look up to her. I feel like a lot of people don't realize that you can look up to people that are younger than you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think she's amazing. And... Yeah, just all of these little things, just like really allowing them to bask in these firsts and and have that spotlight. And I think also just in general, like trying to keep this conversation as positive as possible, but think about what you say to other people and how it might affect them. Um, I have a huge issue with people like speculating who I'm dating. (laughs) And it's like, why should it matter? And it doesn't happen to the guy players. Like right. it doesn't it doesn't happen like nobody like sees their Snapchat posts of like some girl and they're like, are you dating that girl? It's like so it's so like weird to me. <laughs> but I, I like it really bothers me because it's like for me and, and this is something that I've, I've shared on my Twitter and everything for me, it's like it's incredibly dehumanizing to make me feel like I don't have worth to somebody and they can't pay attention to me or be close with me or want to celebrate my accomplishments and lift my voice unless they're getting something in return Mm -hmm. and that's incredibly upsetting to me and so I feel like that's a very uh extreme example of just a simple comment of did you come here with your boyfriend or if you know you travel like I spent um a lot of this summer, Isaiah Williams is from Mississippi as well, and we spent a lot of su- uh, of this summer traveling to Cups together, and, and people just, like, being like, oh, so how long have you guys been dating? And it's like, 
you know, like we came here as friends. Like you didn't ask my my two guy friends that travel here together. So like, why would you assume that about me? Because I have my I am my own individual person, and I have my interests in this game, and I came to compete. I did not come because my boyfriend coerced me into it. I did not come because I'm trying to impress some guy. I came because I'm a valid player. Right. And um, yeah, that's that's one thing. And then um some other comments as well like there's just so many little things just think about the weight of your words and what you say and how it could potentially be discouraging to others because you'd be surprised how much of the little stuff can really make someone feel small or invalidated absolutely especially you know you might not realize it at the time but little things add up especially you know different sources little things coming from every direction so I think that's a really awesome take, Aaron. You provide a really nuanced view of your perspective on the community and steps we can take to make sure we continue to improve it. Um, is there any other thoughts on that particular issue that you want to make sure get out there? I feel like I covered so much, and I just hope people know that it doesn't come from a place of like wanting to victimize a group of people because there's so many people like so many girls in this game that can handle themselves and I'm not speaking for them Mm -hmm. uh you know everybody has their own perspective on this but like just try to listen you know (laughs) I, I think that's really the biggest thing is like when somebody else is having a problem like don't talk over them (laughs) and I think that just one other thing like this is something that I've experienced too and and something I think you're being really great about on this particular podcast is like letting girls speak for themselves um i know that it's like so many people have the best of intentions and want to really be there and defend girls in the game and like stand by their points but allow us to be the ones to make them Mm -hmm. just because it's really like really we don't need anyone to speak for us and put words in our mouth and i find that sometimes the people who are tempted to speak for us are like a lot more aggressive or maybe not have the same points that we would make. And I think that that comes into a huge personal philosophy of mine, which is just to like lift other people's voices rather than like talk for them. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a really strong philosophy. So that's our take on that issue. I think we're hitting about the appropriate amount of time. So usually at the end, what we like to do is we like to open up questions to the chat. I don't know if you have it open. I guess you're using your phone right now if you have it open on your computer. I'm using my phone. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, it's totally good. I, uh, people, chat, questions will come in. I'll read them off. Uh, in the meantime, though, um, while people are brainstorming or thinking up a real doozy for us, <laughs> if you have some events coming up in the coming weeks, I'll ask two questions of you. First... Uh, a TCG related question. If you have some events coming up in the coming weeks, just in the standard Unified Minds format, what is the deck that you would take to that local event? And uh, on a more casual note, what is your favorite Pokemon and why is it your favorite Pokemon? <laughs> Love that. Okay. So, uh, first question I am the most small brain player in the world. I'm so small brain. I think that. Um, I'm a huge believer in, like, if you're comfortable with a deck, right, you're going to do better with it than making, like, the best meta call possible, right? For Attacking sure. everything. Like, knowing... Because cups are generally pretty unpredictable, I think. Um, 
uh, and I like you're not always going to be able to tech for everything that you're going to see there uh, so I think that being comfortable with a deck goes a long way and so one deck that I'm incredibly comfortable with is Picaram and I would mm. play Picaram I'm a huge fan of like the list that John Ang played I think obviously he is a big fan of it as well considering he brought it all the way to finals <laughs> I think that that particular variant uh i may change a few cards but is is just really good and really strong it's clear that pikaram is still a, a huge contender at, as far as like the top decks go um i also really like uh Russia greens or Russia yeah. Zard, the greens variant uh which i know like i like obviously is not uh the best deck but i would play that before i played abilities Zard, and just because, like I said, I'm super comfortable with the deck, and when it works, it really works. Yeah. I told I told Danny to play it at a couple couple weekends ago, and he said, "No, I'm not playing that," and played something else, and that deck won the event. So, <laughs> so you're right. Just saying it's still good. Yeah. And I so those are just the two decks that I'm the most comfortable with, and I switch between the two, and it does pretty okay for me, I think. So when you play Reshi Greens, do you prefer it to be a more healing oriented, or do you like the reset oh, yeah. stamp power plant thing? I like uh, I like the healing version. Yeah. Just because, like, it, like I said, when it works, like you just get so far ahead. Like, what is your opponent gonna do? Yeah, no kidding. It's pretty hard to KO a couple Reshi Zards once they once Greens gets going. Cool. So then the second question: What is your favorite Pokemon and why? I have a good sense of this answer, but I think the viewers want to know. <laughs> I love Mudkip. I really do. Uh, it's rooted in nostalgia for me, mostly. Um, but also, like, he's just so dumb looking. Like, I feel dumb. like me as yeah. a Pokemon, like, I'm definitely Mudkip. <laughs> and, like, I, I don't know. I think that it's an incredibly cute Pokemon. I think that it's an incredibly strong, like, Swamp, the Swampert line in general is an incredibly strong Pokemon. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's, I just think he's great. He's so dumb. Like, yeah. I have... Uh, a couple of mudkips just like chilling on my desk you know <laughs> very cute yeah i love mudkip myself he was my go-to starter in gen 3 for sure so you said it was nostalgia is that because you started in gen 3 or is that just like your childhood favorite the first the first game that i ever like actually played through because my first my first game was um i want to say yellow yeah uh but i didn't like i was so yeah like i was born okay not to like sound like a baby here but i was born in 96 and so i was like a real genuine baby that did not know what they were doing and <laughs> so uh gen 3 was around the time that like i could actually like play through a game yeah. and like understand it so totally yeah i have a lot of understand like what i'm supposed gen to do in the same know. way cool so we did get a couple questions coming in here uh first is from uh, the alaskan hero and it's Anything you're looking forward to testing in Cosmic Eclipse? Aaron, any hot takes on Cosmic Eclipse? I haven't looked at it. <laughs> <laughs> I just really, for me, I'm such a one-track mind that I just, I'm focusing on right now. I'm like in the moment here doing what I need to do. And I don't know, maybe I'd be a much better player if I did test that stuff. But I just find getting obsessive about new sets, though I think it's like really great for some players. They're able to figure out what they need to do and what they need to buy. Uh, I know Sarah Doherty on Twitter 
she uh is so like she she always has like a buy list and it's actually usually pretty accurate uh, yeah. and i like to follow those and so that's a really great resource if you're looking for things to buy from cosmic eclipse because i think that every time she's done a buy list like that it's been like pretty helpful mm-hmm. uh, but i kind of just like let it work itself out see what's getting hyped up after the set comes out and uh of course there's always those cards that you know are going to be really good um but i don't think there's really anything in the set that i'm particularly like yes <laughs> yeah yeah cosmic eclipse is a little on the down low i i feel that for sure honestly i just want to test more Mew Mew too i love that deck <laughs> so filthy <laughs> so i'm sorry i don't know how to pronounce your name O-T-P-H L-L-C uh, asks, how do you find a community of people you can talk to about the game, even if you can't go to locals? Do you have a take on that, Aaron? That is a really great question. So, first of all, you can always talk to me. Uh, I am, I, I want to say, like, just I pride myself on being friendly. It's definitely one of my character traits I'm more proud of. And so, I, I think that you have the Chester meme going on right now, but my Twitter is actually at dumb underscore librarian. <laughs> and if you ever want to DM me, I am always down to talk. Uh, but Twitter, Twitter has been huge for me because it's so easy to just like reply on there. And that has a really great community. But if you're looking for something kind of smaller, I do understand not being able to go to locals. For me, it seems that a lot of my locals are always scheduled on date like the one saturday a month i'm working (laughs) and so that's usually pretty difficult um but as far as like finding the those like niche communities i don't know like there's there's so many like smaller facebook groups out there not just Burbank and hey fonte but uh i'm in a pokemon group called uh pokemon battle girls (laughs) and that's amazing uh it's all girls it's a great community uh it's really fun uh there's so many like niche groups like that there's i think now there's ptcg heaven which is like the antithesis to uh ptcg hell which is like uh i don't know if i would recommend joining hell to like join a like small niche community but ptcg (laughs) heaven is definitely one that is more wholesome more on the wholesome side there's lots of memes in there and you can talk to other players uh and it's a little bit uh, smaller and condensed than like say hey fonte and Verbank. right um i don't know if you know of any other facebook groups riley yeah um i don't know about really groups i actually made a lot of my friends just by uh, kind of meeting them through online communities um same not necessarily facebook itself but um i currently probably my best friends in the game are andrew and natalie and they were kind of my locals but i also i kind of just started messaging andrew on facebook and we became really good friends so you know you can find people with shared interests pretty easily online these days and so that's what i would recommend you don't need people locally physically next to you to enjoy the game for what it is and have a community around you i personally don't go to too many of my local things i still considers myself relatively new to the community even though i've been here for like a year now almost um i mostly keep in touch with people who live further away so <coughs> same that's it's like the worst part about pokemon right like you meet all these amazing people and you're like no you have to live so far away from me that's insane right yeah but yeah i and just something another thing i should know like not everybody is cool with like 
messaging strangers and that's just one thing to keep in mind um there are some bigger players that will answer every single message and there are some that won't answer any and so just uh, just a fair warning i think like everybody's cool with different stuff yeah it's hit or miss sometimes like you gotta just roll with roll with the punches i suppose is the best way i can say yeah. um, when you're trying to meet people online so yeah. i think there's two more questions that we'll get to today and then we can sign it off first is from alex hill team polyswag what is the best expanded lock deck and why does it beat turn one SV on garbage? Um, I don't know if you have a take on this, Aaron. Personally, I don't know. <laughs> I, a lot of people have really liked the Mewtwo Honchkrow stuff. I have not tested any lock decks in expanded. I've only tested the Gardevoir deck. Alex Hill knows I'm a big dummy, so he's. I'm pretty sure he's memeing. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I don't have, like, I don't have, like, a, a take on Expanded. I, like, I, you and I talked a little bit about this. Like, it's just not really something, like, my locals, we don't really have, like, a lot of Expanded tournaments. And, um, like, just in in general, it's, like, I'm not very experienced. <laughs> and so I don't really have, like, a, a, a huge hot take on this one. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. SBN Deoxys is really good. Yeah, Alex, if you need to play something at a cup, just play just play Guardian Mewtwo, honestly. It's, it's filthy. Or don't, actually. Just don't play that. Play Archies instead. That sounds fine. And then the last question that we'll get to today is from Leon, a local of mine, actually. He says, I have a daughter and want her to get into the game, but I'm nervous since it's mostly guys. Any advice? Um, I don't know how old your daughter is. Uh, I know that especially like teens and this is something that comes into play for me because I am a children's librarian. I work with kids zero to 18. And so I'm, I'm like super protective of, of kids. Uh, teens usually can hold their own, but there's a lot of mixed ages with Pokemon. And so like safety is obviously a huge issue. And then of course, like just like breaking into that community um, when you feel like there's not a whole lot of people around you that uh, look, look like you, quite frankly, or like have the same identities and that you can find that common ground in. And so there's going to be a, a lot of intimidation. I know for me as an adult, there's a lot of intimidation and just feeling like you can't really break into that community. And um, so that's, uh, just first and foremost going to be a huge bump in the road and I'm sorry that it has to be that way but as far as advice goes for like getting her into the game and helping her feel comfortable uh, we mentioned before about representation put on put on Natalie's finals match put on uh, Kaya's world win uh, or one of her many IC wins and <laughs> uh, and uh, those are all available on YouTube. Like, if you Google those those names, um, I can't spell. It's, it's Lichleitner, yeah? That's how you pronounce it? Lichleitner. Yeah. And Natalie Champagne, if you just Google those names, put them into YouTube, and show her, like, look, like, they're, like, even though you may not see girls in your locals, here's a girl that plays that is really, really good, and this could be you. <laughs> and I think that that would be great uh, to encourage her. And then also, like, Honestly, when you go to a regional, there's so many more girls. Like, I find that locals are really the the tough place. And um, 
so that as far as like uh finding that representation and common ground for other people with her but also encouraging her just like you know the age-old uh just because it seems like it's a boys club doesn't mean it has to be and you could do anything that you want to do totally i would that's that's absolutely what i would tell her and if you want to like show her this podcast like i would love that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean aaron's given a lot of really awesome takes this podcast so uh, definitely feel free to let your daughter have a listen at that and as a clarification she's seven if that oh she's seven. any okay, age specific cool. points you want it's to hit a, on uh so seven-year-olds are, are super fun probably one of my favorite age groups to work with like in general at work um because they're super they still have that like excitement about everything <laughs> and so it's the perfect time to get her into the game and so as far as seven-year-olds go um I uh, I would say it's a little bit easier and like it, I, okay let me preface it by saying like it's never easy really but it's a little bit easier for the younger kids because they don't really see those differences in each other and so she should have really no issues um, getting into the game that way but um, I think that as she gets older, you'll, you'll see those issues that I was talking about, but I think, yeah, just like encouraging her and being like, yeah, there might be boys, but you're just as good as them. If that makes any sense or better or better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why settle for being as good and just body yeah. them. But kid, the kids are so innocent and sweet and, and really like, like seldom do they mention those or like notice those differences rather. And, um, yeah. That's awesome. Well, cool. I think we're reaching about the end of the podcast. Aaron, thank you. You've been an awesome co-host today. Is there anything you'd like to shout out or just say as we wrap up today? Um, you know, so I'm looking to start uh, my own like project, like my own podcasting project. Um, the one that I'm currently do- doing is sadly ending. Um, and so there's going to be more information out about that. So if anybody like wants to start a podcast with me, please start a podcast with me. Uh, Cause I love, I could talk for days. You could probably but, just take um, JW's spot if you want it. I could probably what? You could probably just take JW's spot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Who needs JW, right? <laughs> Flex daddy, righteous whom. Um, but yeah. Uh, as far as like shout outs, I want to give, uh, not, not really. Um, I'm super proud of Danny. Congrats on winning. And, uh, thank you guys for having me. Thanks. Thanks to JW for being in Miami and letting me, uh, fulfill my (laughs) podcast, uh, needs this week. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you, Aaron, for joining us. And thank you to Full Grip Games for sponsoring the tag team podcast. Make sure to rate and review on iTunes as well. Now that we are on the platform, it will help increase visibility. Um, Five stars if you loved it, and less if you didn't, I suppose. (laughs) But hopefully you liked it. And with that, we will wrap up. Everyone have a good night, or if you're listening at some other point in the day, have a good point uh, that point in the day. And I will (laughs) see you all next week. Peace.